All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Helps if I turn the mic on. With Josh, I'm Plank. All right, I apologize. Like, none of my text messages are going through. Did something happen? Did we have a global outage on on iMessaging or something? Could not tell you that information. I do not know. Hopefully not. Has my... Let's see here. I had to change all of my stuff last night. No, I think I'm in trouble here, Josh. Really? I, I think that I have completely forgotten how to be technically, te- technologically sound on anything in life anymore. Hmm. I don't think I'm good at it. When did that happen? At what age do you go from being somebody that is pretty good at all that stuff to someone to where it just absolutely positively <laughs> falls apart? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I'm hoping that. That's not going to happen to me, but do you know what I think I just time did? Will tell. I think I finally found out how to turn off the um, the Apple news alerts. Oh, yeah, I need to I need to figure that out too. Doodle loop. It's like what? Stop it! Who cares? I don't care. But yeah, we. I might... don't want to know what my screen viewing percentage is. Oh, I turned that off a long time. I turned that off whenever Joe C was looking for a new head coach. It's like nope. I think I'm good on that. Big, your, your your screen viewership is down 5%. It's up 75%. <laughs> it's like, oh, enough already. Yeah, I think we're good here. I think we're good. But I apologize for some reason none of my texts are getting out. Well, everything looks good. Look good. But just not working. Send and receive. No. You can read. Okay. I'm, welcome back into the Plank Show right here. On the it's hour number three brought to us by Mop and Roofing in Construction. Yeah, I don't have that new liner card, so tell me more about Mop and Roofing in Construction. I still have the old one here in studio. See, I forgot that it's my my responsibility, Josh Helmer, to be the guy that constantly is updating this, and I have failed miserably in the studio. Um, boom. Found it. Mop and Roofing and Construction. They've got you covered. Call Bob Moppin and his team at 405-703-3843. Family owned and operated. Okay. Before we get to the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Before we get to um, the Brent Venables presser at 11.15, which, by the way, I think we'll probably sync up the top five stories of the day with Brent Venables. Twofold. Number one, your reaction to the Peter Burns clip I played from the SEC Network. Was there any major takeaway from it or no? If if we're talking strictly national championships, then – Look, uh, he's mostly right on the money. But I would point you in the direction of the Buckeyes of Ohio State that I think uh, certainly has the chance and capability to beat any of those teams he's talking about, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, all three of them. I would point you to Clemson, who has been there and done that, that, look, I I think they can win on that stage against those teams. Now, everybody else, the top teams in the Big 12, sure, no. You you could pretty much – Take those names and, and throw them away until proven otherwise. Pac-12, same story. The best team right now in the Pac-12 might be Oregon, probably is Oregon. And guess what? They got thumped by uh, Georgia 49-3 to open the season. So, And nobody's telling you you have to take those teams seriously as a national championship contender. Now, TCU is a legitimate college football playoff berth contender. They are. Should I play it again just real quick? Yeah, play it again, but you know, I feel like we could do this 
almost any season and go back and say, you know what, was the number three, was the number four, was the number five team in the same stratosphere as one or two? Yeah, well, I mean, look at last year. It was a great example of it. Um, um, uh, littering and three, two, one. I, I'm so sick and tired of us like pretending that other conferences are as good as as the SEC. Right, I'm I'm so sick and tired of pretending that TCU could hold a candle right now to Alabama or to Georgia or to Tennessee, and yet I'm supposed to feel that way. I'm so well, you know, UCLA if they keep undefeated, the Pac-12 is supposed to be there. Why the hell should they be? The Pac-12 is a joke of a conference compared to the SEC. You look at recruiting rankings. You look at the at the amount of success in the past. You look at the the guys that are going to be coming off of, of rosters to play in the NFL. And I mean, I'm supposed to to think that an undefeated UCLA team could could go. Blow for blow with Georgia? No, but what about Oregon? I, Oregon's already been blown out yeah, by Georgia. Well, we've seen that once yeah. right now. I- now, the, the, I threw this out on Twitter and just retweeted it. The very first response was actually a pretty good one from T-Bone, who writes, who's saying the SEC isn't the top dog? What's that fantastic tweet that always ends up making the rounds? There's always someone on Twitter that's arguing about, so I thought someone said Steph Curry wasn't a very good shooter, huh? <laughs> right? There's always somebody. And I, I just, whenever I heard that first, I thought, well, who's, I mean, I feel like the only people that are trying to sell you about how good TCU is might be people in, in like Big 12 country, and that's, right. that's really about it. Maybe folks from Fort Worth? Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like you're seeing a lot of people that. I mean, we've sat here this week. You and I've discussed it and kicked it around. I mean, I'm not buying TCU in that regard. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think I or anybody else am alone in feeling that way. But you can you can say, Josh, that you think TCU. I think TCU is a pretty good team in playoff caliber. But you're not sitting there saying I think they can beat Georgia or Alabama. No, right? I mean, it just. I, I guess I don't – do you just expect everyone to – and I know we're going into the SEC, but are we just supposed to everyone just tap out and be like, yeah, no one's got anything? I mean, it doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense to me that you felt like you needed to go on that outside of the fact that you're on the SEC network. But where where is this happening, right? Where Where is this – outside of Ohio State, I don't hear anyone trying to say that, well, I'll tell you what, you know – Clemson could go blow for blow with even Tennessee right now. You know, it's just it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's a lot of bad football being played in the SEC, by the way, too. Sure. So I mean, it's that same song and dance that we sing and dance to every year. Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, very, very good. Right. Though you know, even Tennessee, it's like okay, well, show me again this week, and then versus Georgia, I'm not ready to totally say that Tennessee's on the same level as Georgia and Alabama just yet, just because they won one home game and Hinton Hooker played great and said game right. Right. It's like I'm not sure that they're in that same category just yet. Great start, they're undefeated, and they get credit for beating Alabama at home. But uh, let's not act like everybody in the SEC is playing that type of football. There's a couple of teams that are doing that and that have consistently done that. And on the national stage, they're winning the championships. But beyond that, I mean, you got Ohio State, Clemson, and kind of everybody else in college football. And it's been that way, and we're all aware of it, Peter. This is pretty good from the 580. TCU, 
or UCLA would blow out Vanderbilt or Missouri. That's right. Look out. <laughs> um, and Oregon, um, Oregon lost to Ohio State last year and whooped them, or went to Ohio State last year and whooped them and ended up in the Alamo Bowl. You can't judge early season games. Yeah, that's that's another really good point, too. So, in other words, when he says, hey, we've already seen that. We've already seen what happened whenever Oregon and Georgia played each other. I've been pretty transparent on this show in some of the issues that I have as, I don't know if you'd say an analyst, sports talk show host, just a sports fan in general, where I struggle in holding things that happen early in the season to teams too much against them. I really do. Like, I still won't allow myself. I, last week, for instance, in our picks competition, everyone was losing their mind and picking LSU, and they were right, right? They beat Ole Miss. But, you know, in my mind, that was still the team that got smoked by Tennessee and lost to Florida State. I think Oklahoma's going to deal with some of that because I don't think I'm alone. Um, I think Oklahoma's going to be better the rest of the year, right? And you can say I'm looking at it through Sooner Shaded Glasses. Fine, guilty. But I, just, I think they're going to be better. And if they are, they will have improved, and yet that's not going to erase what happened in Fort Worth. 49-0, whatever it was, will always be held against them. Yes, 1,000%. Nationally, that'll be – and we, you're right. We, we do that a little bit with Oregon and with LSU and with others. I, I refuse to, and I can't believe that Oregon is one of the best teams nationally because of that game versus Georgia. I can't do it. I, I did have to laugh. Justin in Cincinnati. Who the bleep is arguing otherwise? Oh, wait, it's ESPN. So I'm guessing fake argument outrage. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Grant writes, as a fan of an SEC team, I must agree. And Snod Rocket, it's been several years since I've seen anyone say any other conference is as good as the SEC. The, uh, the thing that Peter Burns said that was totally right, though, is the top-to-bottom NFL draft talent that's coming out of the SEC. I mean, nobody's recruiting like that league. So that that's the part that 1,000% he's right. In acting like, you know, the quality of talent in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or the ACC, or even at times in the Big 10, is as good as the SEC, it's not. So, yeah, nationally, if that exists out there in anybody's mind, Let's let's stop. I mean, it's not as good. At Ohio State, at Michigan, sure. At Penn State, sure. Beyond that, no. I think, though, that everyone pretty much hit it on the head. I think it does kind of fall into the category of there's there's always someone, always someone out there with some terrible take on the Internet that's trying to make it seem like they're making some bombastic point that everyone's arguing against them. I thought you guys tried to tell me that, well, quarterbacks don't really fit because you have one bad game and you're a terrible quarterback. I thought you told me that Justin Jefferson wasn't a very good receiver. Like, wait, no, no, but nobody had said that on the internet. You can find a half a person that might have tweeted it. All right. So Texas can't compete with Alabama, but TCU can't. Yeah, that's another good take, too. It is a good take. Uh, anyway, and I yet, that. And yet I would say – <laughs> yes, that's that's how I feel. I think if push came to shove and it was a game that mattered, Alabama would win that game convincingly over TCU. I, I just think about this. I mean, football is so dumb. And I just – the Carolina Panthers have looked incompetent. Terrible football team. 
And they just are selling everybody off. They just traded Christian McCaffrey on Thursday. And they housed the first place team in their division. Housed them. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Go to college. An Oregon team that gave up 100 points to Georgia just housed a UCLA team that came on and had blown out Washington and beat up Utah. And had a quarterback that in Dorian Thompson-Robinson was, regardless of who you're playing against, playing about as well as anybody. It doesn't make any sense. None whatsoever. But yet Oregon here we- good, your phone calls. Your Next. calls. What, what is going on with Oregon? What, what's going on in Eugene? All right, we're, we're due a break. When we come back, let's, let's hit our top five stories of the day. As, as the Brent Venables press conference, let's see his coach uh, rolling today, scheduled to start at 11.15. Um, usually coach is a couple minutes behind, but BV meeting with the media today to kind of go in depth on all things Sooner football. The captains were announced right as we hit the air. We'll get those in the top five stories of the day. All five captains are return captains, so we're getting towards – Full captains probably coming up for the next game, right? The Baylor game as we hit November. But Reggie Grimes, Andrew Rehm, Marvin Mims, Danny Stutzman, and let's see, who else? Who's this third or this fourth one? Here? Oh, Anton Harrison. Quick break. Top five stories of the day next, right here on the ref. Alright, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. With Josh Schaumer, I'm Chris Plank. I felt like we kind of came out of the gates hot and never really spent some time. We literally jumped right into the two big takeaways from the assistant pressers, made fun of everyone being knee-jerky-jerky jerky on Monday Night Football and putting Bailey Zappi in the two-drive Hall of Fame. As we should. Fought with the Air Comfort Solutions texters, got into the DJ Graham situation, which we assume we'll get more information on here. I don't feel like we really took some time to say, how's it going? Did you have a good night last night? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it was a good night. How was yours? I, I And by the way, Brent Venable's press conference is underway. My night was good. Um, it was weird. I, I, I keep having this feeling that there's something I'm supposed to do that I haven't done. I've been having that feeling the last two weeks, too, and it is stressing me out. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I, it's freaking me out. It's though. impending doom that something is going to slip through the cracks. Right. And there will be accountability that must be taken for it. I guess maybe for me, re- remembering that I have Toby's class tomorrow, but that's not like That's impending. pretty cool. Yeah, so you get to go talk to the, the young Unfortunately, their time is right in the middle of my radio show for the afternoon. So I've got to, I'm going to be quick. Any questions? Yeah, great. Don't do drugs, kids. I'll be back next year. But I, yeah, I don't. I have that. It's like a terrible what feeling you, of dread. What do you share with the young audience, aspiring reporters? Tell them to get into finance. <laughs> do something different. Learn information technology. No, but seriously, like what? To to somebody that wants to do what you and I do, what? Pieces of, pieces of advice do you share? I've got I o- a couple I would pass I on. I always hesitate on this because, remember, I used to be the biggest fan of the John Middlecoff Three Not podcast, but l- literally every, he, every single show in his mailbag. Question, what does it take to be a scout? And how do I get into the NFL? 
what is the key to being in the NFL? Like every single week. So I do push back on this a little bit, but since I am, since I am, no <laughs> gathering. It just for, sounds like snarky or whatever. It's like, if you want to be like me. Right, right, exactly. And it's it's every it's every show. It's every single show. And you're like, dude, you answer this same question like last week. Or if I want to get into podcasting, what is the key to getting into podcasting? Buy a mic. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, my my constant theme is learn everything. That's my constant theme. That's it. If you want to know my key to getting somewhere, learn how to do a little bit of everything. Indeed. You know, know how to edit, know how to run the board, know how to set up remote equipment. Uh, even though Kelly Collier or Casey and Brian Vineyard never ask, know how to do sales, know how to verify spots and go through the authentication process for radio. That's always been my thing. And then be you. Like I told you, man, whenever I started, I wanted to be Dr. Plank, man. That's what I wanted on this show. Welcome to the Dr. Plank show. <laughs> With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. But it never really panned out. What would be yours quickly before we get to the top five stories of the day? Be prepared to... Get angry? Well, be prepared to do more than just what you think you want to do. Bingo, man. If Especially if you want to get paid. I mean, if you have this vision that... I'm going to do the plank show and that's it. Well, maybe this isn't the right career path for you. Because if you want to be, you know, if, if you want to make this financially sound for yourself, you're not just going to be doing one thing. No. So I would I would advise people that. I would advise patience. Like it. I like and it. And above all else, I would say you know, be a good person, right? Be a good teammate. The people that are successful are good coworkers. You want to go f- sit in my place tomorrow? That's a good one. Though I have worked with some a holes <laughs> that keep getting jobs. <laughs> they keep getting jobs, and I'm like, it sometimes better jobs than you would. I'm expect. sitting there like, what, what, what's going on here? It, it does make you rethink the whole should I be a good teammate thing. It's like I've been a super nice guy from day one, but my gosh, they're <laughs> the biggest jerk I know. I turn on and he's hosting a national show, and you're like, how does that happen? Anyway. That feeling of dread is just over me. I feel like there's something that is falling through the cracks. It's like, did we pay the mortgage? Yeah. All right, that's a pretty big one. We pay the car loan? Yeah. It's just it's impending over me, Josh. Don't think you have it all figured out. Listen to Chris Plank. Yeah. Learn from Chris Plank. Don't do that. I'm sitting here trying to figure out why I'm freaking out, thinking there's something I need to do that I haven't done. I don't think that I'm the guy that you need to listen to. All right, let's hit the top five stories today while Brent Venables meets with the media. These are the stories that we're keeping our eye on, presented by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. That's right, R-E-E-L. The best reels in the Metro. Newcastle has happy hour Monday, 3 to 6 p.m. every Monday. And they're conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. All right. Um, I've got a lot of stuff. i got like 10 stories I'm fitting into the big store, uh, uh, the top five stories today presented by Newcastle Casino. So let's start here with big story number five. Number five. Now, quite the outrage on Sunday when... Cameras caught two officials appearing to 
seek and get the autograph of Mike Evans. Have you seen this video after no. the – Okay. So, apparently, Carolina Panthers, 1340 AM Fox Sports, shared a video of Jeff Lamberth and line judge Trip Sutter calling Evans' name. Oh, there you go. You're watching it right now. They call his name. They give him, like, a piece of paper. And as they do, he signs something, and uh, they give it back to him. He signs something, and then they hand it back to him. Hold on. He signs something, hands it back to them. They then hand it back to him again, and he signs it. And, oh, you want to you wanna fire up the social media world, the idea that an official – would be, being a human being. Right, and asking for an autograph would lose people's mind. Now, it's probably against the NFL bylaws. The collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and NFL Referees Association prohibits game officials from approaching players and coaches for autographs, citing the appearance of partiality. Yeah. No, I mean, totally makes sense in that regard. And it, it just, it look, it, and look at the firestorm it created, right? This is Exhibit A why they have that written in there, you don't do this. Following conversations with the individuals involved, the league determined that Lamberth and Sutton weren't asking for an autograph. (laughs) Well, I don't know what they were doing then. But here's what's weird. The league did not (laughs) specify why they called out to Evans, nor what was said during the interaction. In response for a follow-up question, an NFL spokesman said the league had no other details to share. So th- this is – I mean, what what possibly could have happened in this video outside of they were getting an autograph? I, it looks like they handed an official's card to him. Yeah, I guess I don't – I know one of the dudes is retiring. The NFL sent a statement that said both Lambert and Sutton – or Sutter, excuse me – have been reminded of the importance of avoiding even the appearance of impropriety when interacting with players, coaches, and club staff on game day, including during the pregame and postgame time periods. So I don't think I've ever watched an NFL game where a player had to go over and sign something, but maybe maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I like that from Jared Smith. We actually bet real <laughs> money on this nonsense. <laughs> These officials are – well, I mean, the one thing, the saving grace for him is it comes on the heels of a game where they yeah. lost 21-3. to And I don't even think they could find enough calls to help keep Tampa in that game. But there you go. That's, that's the NFL saying no wrongdoings there. If, if this event had happened following a game where Tampa Bay won close over Carolina and there were a questionable call or two. Right. Oh, man, people would be losing their minds. Oh, absolutely. And both of those guys would be fired. Um, oh, Mike Evans said the side this is from at OU photo guy. Um, Mike Evans said the side judge went to A&M and was getting his phone number to pass it along to a golf pro to give Evans lessons per sources. Lamberth didn't have paper, so he borrowed it from another official. That's pretty cool. Actually. Okay. Well, I mean, and and that's logical enough. So, in other words, Mike Evans had said something to him. Hey, um, since you went to A&M, you know so-and-so, I'm trying to get golf lessons from him. Yeah, after the game, give me your number and we'll do it. 
<laughs> Still look kind of funny. I know. That we, poor guy. We bet real money on this. Okay, well then stop, dude. It's your choice. You yeah. choose to bet. You're the degenerate. <laughs> Not them. All right. Um, I got a lot of college football notes here in Big Story number four. Number four. All right, let's start here. Steve Sarkeesian has apologized for walking off the field. Mm-hmm. Disgracing the university. During the eyes of Texas. Now, some people, I, I didn't realize that this was such a hot-button topic for some people about... It's so lame, isn't it? The, the, the playing of it or the not playing of it. But Sark felt it necessary after the game to apologize. And uh, here's what he said. Before we get started is, uh, you know, I, I owe an apology to Longhorn Nation. Uh, I, uh, I made a mistake at the end of the game and not singing the eyes of Texas when the game was done. Um, that was not anything intentional. That was not anything that had to do with our players. I think our players just followed me up the ramp into the locker room. Uh, obviously upset by the way the game ended and uh, literally walked off the field. So I apologize to everybody for that. That'll never happen again. Uh, but again, it was not intentional. It was not uh, premeditated by any means. That was just a mistake on my part. Nothing to do with the players. They had followed my lead on that. So uh, that won't happen again. There you go. Okay. I mean, Fair stupidest thing ever that they even do that, but good for him for owning up for it. So the other controversy involving getting in or out of a tunnel is still somehow carried over to the Michigan-Penn State game. Penn State coach James Franklin, after his team got kicked yeah. by Michigan, two. this is going back two weeks said there should be a policy in place to keep both teams from being in the tunnel from happening in the future. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh challenged that this week at his press conference whenever – my audio still up? Whenever yeah, he said this. I really got bigger fish to fry than uh, Coach Franklin's opinion on uh, the, uh, the halftime tunnel from, from a game ago. I mean, all you got to do is walk into, the, into their locker room. I mean – I think you saw, saw cl- pretty clearly that they completely stopped. They weren't letting us get up the tunnel. It just seemed like such a sophomoric ploy to try to keep us out of our locker room. And uh, and he, he looked like he was the ringleader of the whole thing. So, uh, But now i got bigger fish to fry than worry about that kind of whining. <laughs> nice. Good for him. I, I does it? Have you seen the video? Does it look like James Franklin – I can't tell. Adam stop or this or that. From the angles, I can't tell anything. I just see a bunch of dudes yelling at Harbaugh's got me pretty convinced that that's exactly what happened based on those comments right there. I might need to Zapruder film that bad boy. And then finally, uh, the other kind of the third big college football story from yesterday involved Kirby Smart. Now, this weekend, Florida and Georgia play each other in the game is played in Jacksonville. Kirby Smart, not a fan. Officials from Georgia and Florida yesterday released a joint statement in which they said a number of factors would be considered as the schools consider keeping the game at a neutral location or moving to home sites. Um, I won't bore you with the uh, actual details of the statement. Oh, man, they got to keep it where it's at. Kirby Smart, and I quote, we're allowed to use tickets, but we can't host recruits. We can't do anything. So I never understood. I never understand 
what we would do with them. We can't legally see them. We can't talk to them. We can't host them, visit visit with them. We can say, there's a ticket at the gate, enjoy the game, so that's really all we can do. We'll do that. We'll have some kids go to the game. I enjoy the pageantry, uh, pageantry of going down there and playing. I enjoyed playing there as a player. I enjoy the tradition. But when it comes down to it, there's a very, very basic element of everything comes back to the number one thing, money, and number two, recruiting. Yeah, and OU and Texas have the same issue at the Cotton Bowl, right, to where home team, you can host recruits, but you can't talk to the recruits. Right. And it's the dumbest thing ever. And that rule, I mean, basically this comes down and it boils down to that, that why is that rule in place? Change that rule. Right. By the way, I had one person, Crystal Cody and I, liked my idea of being Dr. Plank on the radio. What do you think? Like, hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Plank, along with my associate, Dr. Helmer. I'm a PhD. He's an MD. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not going to pretend. What do you think? I'm more like Nurse Helmer, I guess. No, not at all. Hell no. Um, This will inevitably lead to someone trying to talk about neutral side rivalry games and how they're bad, but... You know, it's it's just it's in a different environment, right? It's 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 at the home of the Jaguars. It's not like in the middle of the state fair at the Cotton Bowl for the, goodness. The sakes. world's largest outdoor cocktail party should not change. Right. It should be the same as it's been. It's incredible. Split environment for that rivalry is terrific. Just like OU Texas is terrific. Mm-hmm. Just make it to where they can talk to the recruits. I mean, come on, change that rule. All right, big story. What Are we only on number three? I think so. Oh, my gosh. I better hustle. Big story number three? Number three. All right, I'm not Mr. All-In on the NBA right now. We got we got a time and a place for it, but tonight the Thunder look for win number one as they take on the Los Angeles Clippers, 7 p.m. The uh, Thunder 0-3 on the season. Um, I was really shocked to see Lou Dort as the leading scorer for Oklahoma. What is that field goal percentage so far this season? 30. 3-0. Not good. OKC, Clippers tonight, 7 o'clock. Big story number two. Number two. Monday Night Football last night was all about, dare I say, a Bears comeback, which was on full display thanks to Justin Fields and Justin Herbert. Wait, did I say Justin Herbert? Khalil Herbert. Patriots show blitz. They got a picket fence behind him. Quick throw, screen. Herbert, the catch, 20. There he goes, 10. Nobody's going to touch him. End zone, touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. I was really rooting last night for the Patriots when Bailey Zappi won in the game and led two touchdown drives. I was like, okay, this might be a cool story. And then the Bears suddenly looked like a good football team. Three and four on the season puts a wrap on the NFL for this week. Here, real quick, is your schedule for next week. Your Thursday night football game in week eight, Baltimore at Tampa. So we get a decent matchup on Prime Video. You have an early game on Sunday, which is I've never heard of a game being exclusively on ESPN Plus, but that's where they've shipped the Broncos and the Jaguars. Off week, bye week for the Chiefs and the Chargers. Sunday night football is Green Bay and Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers, a double-digit underdog for the first time in his career. Wow. And Monday night football, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Uh, what are the Cowboys this week? Where's the game that's going to be crammed down our throat? Oh, yeah, high noon, CBS, Dolphins. Or, pardon me, on Fox. Uh, 
Cowboys and Bears, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. If you're not taking in the press conference from Brent Venables, we've got the news and nuggets, some of the early returns from Coach V meeting with the media next. That's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Those are your top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. Oh, looky here. Congratulations to Destiny Martinez. Are you familiar with one Destiny Martinez? Yes, rock star, superstar, great broadcaster. Engaged. Officially making the announcement. Wow, congratulations. To Cody McElroy. Cody, I think last I checked, was still on the Buccaneers roster. Yeah. Great story, too, is one. I love Cody. See, here's the problem with Cody. Cody, I have a problem. All right, we got to fix this. I got to get you listening to this station nonstop. Destiny Titles. She tells me. You got to stay right here, bro. We got you. But um, he's a great story, man. He really is because, you know, Cody didn't play college football and uh, at least at the D1 level, and he kind of fought and scratched and clawed his way. And after a basketball career in, in high school, he, in, in college, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's give this football thing a, a try. Made the Rams roster, made the Cowboys roster, and now has been with Tampa Bay since, gosh, 2019, including his, I think his first game on the active roster was Tom Brady's return to New England. How cool is that, right? Welcome. All right, here's your first game where you're on the active roster. Oh, you know, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. December 19th of 2019. So he made his career debut um, against the Texans whenever he was on the Buccaneers roster, but was brought to the active roster whenever – Tom Brady played in New England. So congratulations, y'all. And let's see, what do we have so far from Brent Venables? The injury updates, Coach V talked about this a little bit last night. I think we can play this right off of our um, Twitter.com feed. Uh, Tyler just posted it. But it does not sound too promising, does it, for one Billy Bowman right now. Uh, I, I knew that he had been battling a bit of a, Knee injury, I think it's a little bit more than saying a bit of a knee injury. But the knee injury that he's dealing with looks like it might keep him out a li- little bit longer. Let's see here. Here it is. Here's Coach talking about the status of Billy Bowman moments ago during his presser. Uh, we're hopeful he'll get back sooner rather than later as of today. Don't have a, an exact, you know, a date uh, for his return. Uh, so, you know, he's running around and trying to get in shape and trying to, again, uh, have the kind of stability that he needs and the confidence uh, that goes along with that, too. You know, doing, you know, as you progress through that rehab, you're, you're continuing to push the limits, if you will, and start to do more and more things that are more football-like. So uh, trying to get comfortable, you know, with that. So you can take that one of two ways. Number one, he's back. It's just taken a little bit longer for him to get that trust where it needs to be in that knee, or it won't take a while for him to get to that point where he can start doing the things to get that trust in the knee where it needs to be. So it depends. Are you a positive, upbeat person? Like six in one hand, half dozen in the other? Is that the old analogy? 
Or are you a, a negative Nancy? It's like, oh, never getting back on the field this year. Doomed, I tell you. Doomed. I think he'll play again before year's end. I wish it was this week versus Iowa State. When did Bowman get hurt? TCU? Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Ah, I'd already started thinking about redshirt. Well, it was four games left. <laughs> get another year out of him. See if he wants to stick around a little bit longer. You know, Jada's, well, I guess, it's Jada Jr.? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Brent Venables did say this, which is great. Coachable teams fix mistakes. Our job as coaches is to find the holes in the fence and improve them. Um, he also said on his comment that OU could win or lose all five of its last games. Quote, if we're 6-0, and I'd probably say the same thing as I look at the schedule in front of us. That's not maddening. That's this game. And he added, opponents aren't watching the huddle highlight tape of your great plays. They couldn't care less about that. They're going to find holes in the fence. So you better fix these holes. Agreed. Uh, um, he did address a conversation that has been very divisive today on this program, and that's DJ Graham. When asked about the DJ Graham move from corner to wide receiver, quote, his love is offense. Okay, good. Good. BB said no other position changes have been discussed as of this time. My understanding DJ and his father visited when I got here. It was, is that, let me rephrase it. Eric did a better job of writing this than I did reading it. My understanding, DJ and his father visited when I got here, is that he was signed as an athlete with the opportunity to play either side. Previous coaches prefer to try defense. He said he'd give it a try. His love is offense. Okay. See if he can make a difference. Maybe on kick returns. Might be a place where he can start. I don't know. Hey, what day was the Mangino interview that we played? <sighs> My gosh, that was the week of OU Kansas. So I want to say we we played it on the f- Friday before the game, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think we podcasted that show. It should be out there October somewhere. 14th, maybe? Played, played a little bit of it from our XM thing? What brought, what brought it up? Somebody texted asking about it. Also, the uh, alma mater for OU people are a little bit sideways about my comment that the eyes of Texas is stupid. Right. That was probably not the greatest wording for me. I'm not a fan of players and coaches having to stick around immediately following a game to, A, seeing the eyes of Texas, or in Oklahoma's case, the alma mater. I understand it. I get the team unity portion of it. I would... Me, prefer players and coaches, just exit. Get out of there. It's high emotions. Only bad things, in my opinion, are going to happen in that moment. Fans, hey, I'm all about it. Players and coaches, not as crazy about okay. it. But that's, you know, I'm not I'm not married one way or the other. I wish the players would do a couple on-field interviews and then go to the back. <laughs> there you go. That's what I want. Um, we'll have the highlights from the BV Presser coming up. Did we take our 45 break yet? No, we need to. That's ah, 11.52. That would seem necessary. It's Plank Show. We'll wrap it up next on The Ref. So are you still fighting with people over the alma mater, or are you good? Uh, I plan to fight all day, oh. if need be. <laughs> no, it's all good.
It's always a weird thing whenever. I, there's people that, like, randomly you'll see replying to the Air Comfort Solutions text line throughout the day, so just go for it. Fight all day with them, man. <laughs> no, it's not It's not that important. Sad news this morning. Um, according to a report, where is this? Um, according to a report out of the state media in, it's like China. Omu Haji, not his real name but an endearing nickname given to elderly people, died Sunday in the village of Deja. Oh, I- Iranian, I'm sorry. He was dubbed as the world's dirtiest man after not showering for 60 years. Um, excuse me? That's right. Anu Haji, the world's dirtiest man, has passed away at the age of 94 Hadn't showered for 60 years. What happened in his mid-30s that must have been a dastardly turn in his life? He abstained from washing because he believed soap and water would make him sick. He lived in isolation for most of his life in an open brick hut, which (laughs) villagers made after he started sleeping in a hole in the ground. You know, and you gotta you gotta say the results Bro, sort of speak for themselves. He made it to ninety four. He might be onto something. Steelman and TJ are next until Parker gets back from the Brent Venables press conference right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.